Oh, look at that. I knew something about a punk band. Just some old fat drunk dudes jumping up and down. <laughs> this tree just planted itself right on top of the cement. I did watch a YouTube video today. My dad mashed potatoes of Enema Chris Carava. Aaron doesn't know who Chris Carava <laughs> is. It's so good. That's great. What's up? Welcome back to The Punk Tree. We've got an episode for you guys here. We currently are in the moon phase. Uh, it is waxing gibbous right now. Uh, any comments on the moon phase from you guys? Uh, I don't <laughs> believe in the moon. Um, so, no. It's a government conspiracy. Yeah. Oh, the Do moon isn't even real. you think we landed on the moon? I, so, I, I talk about this regularly, and this is what I believe. We probably landed. Like completely most likely we landed on the moon That's yeah however sure sometimes when when um when conspiracy theories come up if they have to do with things where it's like oh well the government lied to you and i'm like well actually maybe i could believe, i can actually get behind that they probably are yeah yeah why what phase are we in again jesse so uh, uh, waxing gibbous waxing gibbous okay and Sounds why do you great. know that you don't pay attention to the moon phase? No. Man, you've never truly lived. Oh, man. <laughs> no. Anyway, so um, what we've got today is uh, we're going to be doing a showdown a little bit later. Mike and Aaron challenged each other to check out some uh, music that they might not have chosen otherwise. But just kicking things off, um, I've got a drink here. I know you guys do as well. But what have you been listening to? And what's in your hand for a beverage? How about we just do both? Just knock them Let's both out. Let's knock them both out. Aaron, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, I'm currently sipping on a Scrimshaw Pilsner from North Coast Brewing. It's a crisp, clean Pilsner that doesn't taste like garbage. I actually like it quite a bit. It's one of my favorite Pilsners. Uh, I've been listening to a uh, Japanese band called Waterweed. I've mentioned them on the show before. Uh, and uh, yeah, this past week, I've just been playing their Diffuse album, which is their latest one. It's awesome. It's fast. It's kind of hard to understand the lyrics because they're Japanese guys singing in English, but I really like it. The answer is always simple. Music is music, isn't it? Great. I'll go next. Um, I am drinking a Habitus double IPA from Mike Hess. Actually, I'm about to drink it. Here it goes. Okay. Mm, now the can. Mm-hmm. As we know, Jesse really likes drinking out of the can. So there I am doing it as well. Um, it's Ooh, it's heavy. Jesse's got a glass tonight. Yeah, it's I it's do. a heavy heavy double IPA. Um, very very hoppy. Probably at my limit, actually, for for like taste hops that I that I like, um, but it's good. Um, and then listening wise, uh, so one of the things about like 
the pandemic has been there's just been like interesting ways of releasing music and a lot of a lot of singers and bands and stuff are releasing singles here and there or collaboration stuff that they've done online and so um actually just today i've been listening quite a bit to uh the new single and there's like a lyric video and music video um from andy hall the lead singer of manchester orchestra um it's actually a duet that he recorded with paris jackson who is the daughter of michael jackson the disgraced king of pop um and it's uh it's very andy hall songwriter style like powerful lyrics that are just like the this the music is there to support a very simple idea which is what i love in music um and both of them are phenomenal singers and when they sing together it sounds super good the song's called eyelids and uh, i recommend checking it out How about you, Jesse? Um, I did actually pour my drink into this uh, fancy goblety glass. Um, this is one of my favorite glasses. It says on there, it says, uh, you do yoga. What is that? That looks like it <laughs> might be dragon's blood or maybe even gypsy blood. I think it sort of looks that way because the <laughs> light is coming from such a strange angle. It actually has more of a... Um, like a like a barley wine color to it although i think since i'm in a red room and the lights come in strange but it's uh it's a founders uh backwoods bastard it's a just a strong scotchy ale aged in bourbon barrels and is it good it is too cold at the moment i need to let it it's it's going to be a sipper for a while here and what i have been listening to is an album that just came out last week from a band that I go way back with, I probably started listening to him when I was like 12 years old, maybe. I've seen him in concert 10 plus times, and the band is Five Iron Frenzy. They just put out a brand new album last week, and I, I wouldn't say that like it catches my ear as, like, as, as hard-hitting and as fun as I used to enjoy ska music. Um, but there's definitely a few songs that stood out that I definitely liked. It's a solid album for sure. It sounds good. I don't know. Maybe I think I might just be past my sky years. <laughs> um, but the, probably my favorite track was it's called uh, So We Sing. And it's a really beautiful, hopeful, anti-authoritarian song. <laughs> that sounds like something I might like. I mean, yeah, like sometimes anti-authoritarian songs don't have that hopeful feel to them, but this one did. It's called So We Sing, so. Let's build a fire from a broken past. Let's tell all the grown-ups they can kiss our ass. If this is only tonight, we can't find So We Sing. Second star to the right. And straight ahead to morning. All right, so we're going to... um. We're going to get into our showdown. Uh, Mike challenged Aaron to listen to the album Mm-hmm by Reliant K, 
which sort of falls outside of something we know Aaron would choose to listen to. Mm-hmm. And then, and Jesse, mm-hmm. I love how emphatically you pronounce the name of the album. I feel like if you just say it too quickly, people are gonna be like, "Wait, what? What was the album? Did you did did your Zoom audio cut out? You didn't say anything." Mine usually so does. I, it usually does, right? So I make sure to get the mm-hmm in there. That's M M H M M. Okay, but and then and then Aaron threw down and said, "Mike, you've got to listen to Misanthropy Pure by Shy Halud." So uh, there's going to be so much you guys could say about these records, but why don't you just jump in and, and just give some general background context about your experience with these bands, uh, what you know about them, where this album fits in their discography? Sure. So maybe I'll go first. So I'm talking about Reliant K here. Right, right. Because like yeah. I'll kind of set it up, <clears throat> totally. So, uh, Reliant K. Um, uh, I first encountered Reliant K music when I was, I don't know, early high school, probably. Um, it was kind of the, uh, I would say it was like the end of my, uh, you know, I was like a tooth and nail kid, but I was, you know, a little bit old. Like I was on the front end of the tooth and nail thing. And so I listened to like those earlier tooth and nail bands before like the hardcore solid state thing kind of happened. Um, and Reliant K kind of came into that sort of like pop punk Christian punk scene on the tail end of when I was like, okay, this is getting like blink 182 out. Like everybody's trying to sound like MXPX or something. And I was like, I was kind of over it. I was kind of over the blink 182 craze quickly um and so reliant k came on the scene and like i actually didn't like them i didn't like how silly they were they had a lot of songs about stupid teenage situational things they had songs like Mm -hmm. sadie hawkins dance in my khaki pants that's why i never listened to them before they had one on their first record called like marilyn manson ate my girlfriend yeah like i i wasn't digging songs about being in like a high school class or worrying about a girl who doesn't like me. Like I, I had maybe too much angst for that. And I was, I was getting fairly into like, you know, bands like Rage Against the Machine. And I was into bands like No Effects and Descendants and like taking on some like huge themes, like big themes about like what's wrong with the world. And I fell into that. And like that pulled me into college and like, Reliant K never was a thing I really cared about. And then Mm-hmm came out. And it and they had been shifting along the way. It wasn't the first of their music that I cared about. There were other like songs, maybe not whole albums that I loved, but songs that I was like, wow, that's a powerful message. That's really, really cool. I appreciate that Matt Thiessen, lead singer, songwriter, is is a very um tortured soul kind of like it comes across as that a lot of songs are very much about like his own broken struggle um and and that that wasn't the case you know when i was like a high school kid in the late 90s early 2000s like that wasn't the case he grew into it and life happened to him and things fell apart and things grew together um and so when this album came out it really it really is a sort of like coming of age record for the band. It, the songs are very personal in a lot of ways to Matt Thiessen. 
Um, it also, for me, kind of musically falls into this place where I I got frustrated with what like punk rock had kind of become, especially in the mainstream or like near the mainstream. I never was a fan of New Found Glory and Good Charlotte and like other bands. I like I, that wasn't my thing. I was never a TRL punk kid. I didn't like it. I never. I didn't even have the channel. I never had MTV growing up. Um, and so I was like the kid who went to shows and then bought CDs at a show. And at this time, though, I shifted and I was really starting to care the most about what the song was about. And and musically, this album has a way of using both elements of punk rock, but also like singer songwriter, piano ballads, uh, reprises and a. Uh, you know, I, I studied music in college. I, I, like, I, I care about musicality, like musicianship and instrumentation and things. And like, they use a lot of tricks that are very musical and like interesting and beautiful to me. And so it was a perfect storm of coming of age, adult struggle. I'm also an adult struggling at this time. I'm going through broken relationships. I'm going through my first bouts of struggling with like clinical depression and things. And and the music's mature for me. Um, and so that's that hit me and it's become, you know, it's spent more than a decade as the, the go-to album for me. No, I don't hate you, don't wanna fight you. Now I'll always love you, but right now I just don't like you. No, I don't hate you, don't wanna fight you. Nice. Um, why did you choose this distinctly for Aaron then? That's a great question, Jesse. Uh, I like a lot of the same music as Aaron, where we probably depart. And Aaron and I actually listen to a lot of music together. Like, we listen to a lot of music together because we, we, we try and work out together pretty often. And we always have music playing. And like that means there's some conversation about it sometimes and choosing what we're going to listen to and stuff. Uh, he definitely likes heavier music than... He would choose heavier music than I would a lot of the time. And I would not like choose to put on something in this genre for him because he doesn't really like pop music. He doesn't really like pop punk music. He, I'm assuming, would not be a fan of anything in like the emo world. It's a safe assumption. That's a hit, a safe assumption. Um, and I have heard him talk shit about Reliant K <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> So that's like an easy one. Um, but I I chose it because Aaron and I are also very good friends who have talked about a lot of the most serious things in life together. And even though the music might not be the thing that hooks him, I wonder if the themes and the lyricism break through because there are some elements in this of you know profound wonderings and struggle. So Aaron, uh, you... Uh, you challenged Mike to listen to Shy Halud. Um, can you give a little bit of background about your experience with Shy Halud and where this album falls in their discography? Yeah, so um, Shy Halud started in 95. That's 1995, just to be clear. Thank you. For um, that. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I found out about them, I think, in like 98. Uh, a friend of mine uh, and this is when I was like first like exploring music on my own 
as I was like not listening to the music that my parents listened to and like really finding what I wanted. Um, but he had a, uh, um, my friend had a compilation disc called East Coast Hardcore versus West Coast Hardcore. And uh, he bought it for like four bucks at Hot Topic or whatever. Um, and I don't remember a lot about the album, but I remember three songs. Um, I Hope That You're Unhappy by Farside. Uh, Tired by Ignite. This is also where I uh, discovered Ignite. And um, Hearts Once Nourished by Hope and Compassion by Shai Hulud. Growing up where we grew up, we had no access to, we didn't have a record store where you just could buy whatever you want. Like there was no store bringing in music that we wanted to hear. So we had very little of it to listen to. Um, so we listened to like the few CDs that we did have over and over and over again. So I like got really, really um, enamored and in touch with those songs in particular. Um, but at the same time, I also didn't have a lot of access to other stuff that Shai Halud was putting out at the time because we didn't have the internet um, at that time, at least not easily accessible. And it definitely wasn't, you know, um, you know whatever. Um, but we just didn't have access to it. So I kind of forgot about them. Um, not totally forgot, but they were just kind of not at the forefront of my mind until around... 2005 I think I just stumbled upon someone was playing a song or something I was like that's Shai Halud they've kind of gotten a little bit different and I like this like it was a little bit better um but so then 2008 comes around and they put out uh this CD Misanthropy Pure which was their fifth full length um and I like immediately fell in love with it it like had all the aspects of music at least most of them that like the fast guitars there's a little bit of technicality in the music um the anti-authority stuff is in there um oh you like that you like that part the anti-authority stuff i do have i not mentioned that to you guys before (laughs) continue Um, continue (laughs) um yeah so and i think at at that time around 2008 i was also sort of breaking away from many of the things that i had grown up with as far as like political beliefs and um ideological stuff and sort of rejecting a lot of things that i had grown up with and so this album kind of really fit in with that because a lot of it is about the rejection of um, a lot of the messed up things that humans do. Um, and so, yeah, I just latched onto that and have been a, a strong Shai Halud fan ever since. Let's 
kind of cool. That's cool. I actually started doing a little research on Shy Halud myself because I also listened to this record like a handful of times, uh, just so I can kind of wrap my head around it a little bit. And I was curious, like, what, what do I know about this band? And one thing I did, just looking through their Wikipedia page, just because I was learning about them, I recognized a couple of names um, of yeah. like founding members of this <laughs> band, and one of them is Chad Gilbert. Their yep. original vocalist was Chad Gilbert when he was like 14 years old. Isn't that yeah. weird? <laughs> yeah, he's the guitar player in New Found Glory now, so I bet Aaron's stoked about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, another name that caught my eye was uh, uh, Steve Cleeseth, I think it was. That sounds correct. Uh, I got to double check it. I literally, yeah, yeah Steve Cleeseth. Cleeseth. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, and I recognize that name because he was was the drummer in uh, Strong Arm and Further Seems Forever. So I was like, yeah. oh, well, well, that's enough little connections there uh, for me to get into this band. Uh, there was even another guy uh, who uh, went on to be in uh, Under Oath for a little while. Well, anyways, but anyways, that was one other thing. And then the other name that caught my eye was Matthew Fox, who is like been the only member that stuck through them the whole yeah, time. Yeah, he's the through line. But it's not the same Matthew Fox that plays Jack in Lost, Mike. It's not. And also, as a tidbit for Lost fans, because I am re-watching the show, I'm almost done. He's disgraced. Did you know that? Like He's kind of banned from Hollywood. The actor? I didn't know the that. The actor. Matthew Fox. Jack. Jack, everybody's hero on Lost. He's had some, like, misconduct problems, dude. And, like, oh, no, nobody will hire him again. There you go. I didn't know that. All right. Well... I know that you guys each listened to um, these albums more than once. So just, Mike, what was your initial impressions like with the overall sound that you heard listening to this Shy Halud record? Great. So I, I I think it's important that I name my, my like, some preferences I have. I, I like songwriting for the purpose of showcasing lyricism. I like it more than anything else. And I grew up the same time as like the guys in Shy Halud were similar ages. Um, I was never a guitar tab kid at all. I was never the kid who like learned how to play that one riff and cared about the part. And so a little bit of a, I know in the, like on a, a previous episode, Aaron gave me some kind of credit for being like pretty open in like what I listen to. And I think that's true. I think, I I think I'm fairly open in what I listen to. I don't like dig really cool parts. Um, like I don't (laughs) dig when it's like, Oh, look how rad that, like that sick lick was and the guitars and the drums and the bass, like all syncopated to make that thing happen. And so we did it 14 times in a row. Yeah. We did it 14 times in a row. And then we moved into this other thing that was all fast and then we dropped back in. And then later on we figured out some lyrics and we threw them on top. Like I write music. That's not the way I do it, but it's not wrong. It's just not my preference for it. And so my very first impression was, damn, these guys really liked guitar tab in the nineties. That was like, literally that was my first thought. And then my second thought, and I like, this is not meant to be pompous in any way, but like I do dissect lyrics very closely 
and I do it with any album I get. I've talked about this before, my process for like, I put on the record or whatever, listen to it with lyrics, listen very closely. I like to take notes. Um, and that's like also my like academic background. Like I, that's like what I went to college for was, was, was literature, specifically poetry and music. And so I, I think there's a famous quote, um, in my world, at least by a jazz bass player named Charles Mingus. Um, he's a pretty well-known jazz bass player if you're in the jazz world. And Charles Mingus says that making the simple seem complex is commonplace, but making the complex simple is genius. Oh, man. Was that a wise wisdoms? That might be my wise wisdom. No, that's there it definitely is. not a wise wisdoms. No, no, no. Um, and okay. and in music, Good try, like, though. I have found myself loving more and more the songwriter that can just give me a few words with the proper scene and landscape, like sonic landscape around those words to make me cry or to Oof. make me feel safe or to make me feel hopeful. Mm. Um, I've mentioned before we had like our top 10 albums, like when thrice on the song disarmed goes from minor to the major to tell us that like, we're going to be okay is like such a profound one sentence. So all that to say metal music, metal core music, which is what I think I would define Shai Halud as being is metal core. Definitely. Um, yes. Has an obsession to me with using super dramatic over the top rhetoric and words. That, I think that's absolutely accurate. And the genre, and I, I, I know we'll get into my closer listen here because I think that I mm -hmm. actually found some like, I, I really enjoyed some things that I'll talk about. Often, other bands in this genre don't even use those big, heavy, dramatic words properly, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> um, and so my initial reaction was like, oh, shit, it's another one of these bands that plays a bunch of guitar tabs and uses a whole bunch of words that they might not understand. That was my first listen. I also, on my first listen, did not have the lyrics in front of me. I just listened right. to it in my car. Um, and so that's my first hit. Yeah, same. My first listen through, I didn't have the lyrics in front of me either. Um, nice. Uh, same with you, Aaron. What uh, What was just your overall impressions with the the sounds on your first listen through? Uh, first listen through, my overall impression was that this was just another pop punk band that uses all the same uh, musical tools and techniques that all the other pop punk bands do, and I didn't like it. Right. That was my initial impression. Brief. Yeah, I don't have to make things complicated like Mike. <laughs> Shit. But and also, one other thing I was thinking was you mentioned Mike. You said that um, you thought that Shy Halud, uh, you would give them the genre metalcore. I think actually they're considered one of the like original bands to have first defined themselves as metalcore. Yeah. All right, so before digging into like any specific lyrical aspect of the albums, uh, what stood out uh, sonically? Like, what did you like or dislike in the vocals? Let's just hit, let, let's talk about a few different things that you liked or disliked in the music before digging into some some lyrics. So, 
uh mike what did you like or dislike about the vocals uh, I, I I don't usually like metalcore singing. Uh, I I don't mind screaming, and I like singing. This was in between. It's like shouting, is as maybe how I would describe it. Um, and so initially I was like, oh man, like he's kind of like needs to make a decision here. Is he gonna like sing in a way that people hear words because he wants us to hear him? Or is he belting it out because this is catharsis and mis- misanthropy? The definition of that word is like a like like a hatred for humanity. It's like like mm-hmm. I, I don't want, I don't like humanity. So if your if your album title is like pure hatred for humanity, <laughs> which is what it's, like, um, <laughs> it's okay for me. Like if you're screaming your guts out, I'm with you. And that's for you to do, and I will have to decipher what it is you're saying, and I'm okay with that. Um, I felt like this was caught a little between in terms of how how he expressed the meanings he was trying to express. Um, that being said, I did really like some of the like ways that they would uh, tag lines. It, it happens throughout the whole album. So they kind of finish a line, and then he goes back and he re-emphasizes the predicate of the line. So he's like, and I'm feeling this so much because of this, because of this, because of mm-hmm. this. And he mm-hmm. like hits it a few times over and over again to emphasize his point, which I, I respected a lot and I enjoyed. Nice. How about how about uh, the Reliant K uh, vocal performance from this record? What What stood out to you as something you liked or disliked about what came through in the vocal performances? I will say, and this is probably true for almost all pop punk bands that I've listened to. Um, the vocals kind of kill it for me. The The thing that I, the big thing I don't like about pop punk is the very happy sounding upbeat lyric, like vocals. Um, oftentimes when they're singing about things that are not happy and unbeat. Um, you know, so like in, I think it's, uh, high of 75. Cool. He's talking I about, you like, I like do that. like the, <laughs> I like the, vo- the lyrics. Yeah. I like the okay. message. Okay. Nice. Um, but he's talking about mental health issues, but it sounds like something that I could dance to. And it just mm. doesn't. I would love to see that. I don't know. I would love to see. I just would it love would... to see you dance in general. That'd be great. Um, maybe we'll see. I'll tell you, there's three things that I'm really bad at dancing, drawing and playing video games. Um, it's a good trifecta. Hey, I tell yeah. my students this all the time. The, the better you are at video games, the worse you are at real life. <laughs> so you're doing all right, man. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. So. vocals like how they sing i'm not a real big fan like it i can appreciate that they are good singers i understand why people like them it's not my cup of tea they just sounded Um, too happy too happy and i know that's a weird thing for someone to complain about but no one's ever really um described me as a happy person 
Right. If they sound if they if they sound happy, they're probably succumbing to uh, authority figures. Probably. <laughs> yeah. You got to assume. <laughs> All right. Well, what about like uh, other other aspects of the inspir- uh, instrumentation? Like anything, anything in there in the guitars or the drums or the bass uh, that stood out as something that you liked or disliked, Mike? Totally. And and if you hear me flipping through some pages, it's because like I really nerd out on taking apart lyrics, and I have we're not even in the lyrics. Right? I know. Talk but about I, lyrics well, yet. I I have notes for each song. Like I listened to each song and I took notes. So you know, listeners might hear me flipping through my notebooks here. Um, I'm also notorious. I just plow through composition books. I have drawers filled with them because I just go through them. Um, oh, I know what it was. Uh, so I, I mentioned I don't love the like composition of metal, metal core sometimes that it feels like somebody wrote a cool part in their bedroom and then they brought it to the studio and they're like, let me put this cool part in the song. And then they just stick them all together. That being said, um, I feel like after I listened more and I understood the purpose, there are deep purposes to each of the songs on this album. Like each one has a very, very specific intent. Uh, I think I'm right on that, Aaron. I, I think so. Yeah. I, um, I started to respect more why they were doing what they were doing. Um, and I might be wrong there. Like I don't know the cart and the horse here in terms of like this, the, the music versus the lyrics, like what come, I don't know their process. So I don't know this. Um, but that being said, there are some places where uh, it's too syncopated. It's too part driven. And there are other places where I'm like, dang, like you guys just like open that up for a little bit and drove it for a while and that's awesome or there are places where you pulled out the bass and one of the guitars because i think there's two guitar players right um yeah there are there's two guitar parts they pulled out the bass and one of the guitars and it like is a little more open because you really did want me to hear that bridge because it's you're trying to drive this home to your audience uh and it's like chunky but doesn't have the booty of the bass in it and I love that because that's when his voice actually sounded really good to me. When he's, he's not screaming, he's not singing, he's just kind of yelling and shouting. And when you pull the bass guitar out, all of a sudden that like sonic space is available for his voice to just really sit on you. And I felt yeah. like that happened a lot. It's one of my favorite songs. I'll talk about it later. Um, but I felt like that happened a ton on... Uh, on uh, Set Your Body Ablaze that happens some. Um, and I feel like it also just, and I'll talk about B-Wing um, later, but like, mm. oh, well, yeah, I feel like it happened there as well. I am the and then one other thing is, musically and instrumentally, I... I don't like either of the guitar player's tones, and I am a tone person. I like messing with my guitar and getting it to sound different ways. Jesse and I play guitar a lot together, and we have not totally dissimilar guitar tones. Not totally dissimilar. They're they're nuanced in how different they are. Um, I, I play a lot of humbuckers. Jesse plays single coils quite a bit, but not always for either of us. 
Um, these guitar tones are very different. One is like crazy squeezed, compressed with like this digital clipping, like squeezed and compressed with a digital clipping that I hated, to be honest. Um, and the other one is so fat that it has no, uh, it's so fat that it has like, like no articulation to me, kind of. But when they're together and they're doing like a thing together, it sounded really good. Um, and so, yeah. yeah. Let me ask you, when you say you don't like them being like, like this is a cool part. So in um, Set Your Body Ablaze, in the verse, at least in the first verse, there's this um, guitar lead part that's playing under it. This um, and that's like one of my favorite things. Like when they just have like a short section where there's like not a super complicated solo, but like a little something different played underneath the lyrics. I don't prefer it because I want it. I, I care about the lyrics more than I care about anything else. That's fair. Like, I think there's some lines that are so good in this. I would like the band to stop. Great. It should just be a poem. I want the band to stop and I want it to just break it all the way. Just listen to poets. I do. (laughs) I've, I straight up, there are four or five poetry books sitting around me right now where I'm sitting. I do. But like when, like when he's talking about like, and and I'll get into this later, but like he's referencing poetry in that song. That whole song is based on a very famous poem. And I just want, is that the song you're talking about? Yeah. And I just like, if I just, if, if it was my band, I'd be like, all right, guys, right here, we're going to bring it all the way down because these words are painfully true let them sit on it but that's just me that's just me so like are the guitar parts cool yeah they're cool but they're distracting me from listening to each word all right well i very very detailed nice um cool how about how about the overall instrumentation and sort of mix of of the sounds you're getting from the mm-hmm album aaron so Um, on almost every song, I like the intro, almost every song. Most of them have a pretty fast, very, um, punk song, simple. They use the punk beat or something very fast and similar. I really, really like that. Um, and even throughout the, uh, the, each song, most of it is pretty, they don't do a whole lot of complicated stuff, at least not from what I understand. Maybe you guys would teach me something here if you want, but um, the music I, I, I do actually like. Um, the guitars sound good. It's fast, upbeat. I like it. Um, there's some things that like I don't like. Like there's a a banjo in which to bury us or the hatchet in the bridge there's just out of nowhere a banjo and i don't get it like they just decided to throw a banjo in there is it hard when you don't get things (laughs) dude i'm a bass player there's a lot of things i don't get 
Um, no, it just felt out of place. I didn't feel like it added anything to the song. I feel like that was a time where I was like, hey, this would be cool. I know how to play the banjo. Let's throw a, a quick lick in there. Um, and... I don't want to interrupt, but I want to interrupt. I felt like they changed up the instrumentation significantly right there, including a banjo, because there is a major transition from that song yeah, to the next. That's absolutely true. Next song. But but that's not this. I mean, sure, you can question and be like, "What? Come on!" And that's fine. I, I just I just to me when I listen to that part, I guess. I just feel that transition. And if you don't mind me asking, it transitions into pretty much a completely piano driven yeah. song. Mm-hmm. What's your, what's your take on that? I simply wasn't into it. Um, there's okay. So I, I like God, it. When bands Aaron. do. God, Aaron's you heart is yeah. That's fine. Um, no, it's all right. I, I think you, you you should continue to be honest. Like, don't sugarcoat what you yeah. disliked about it. It's great. I don't know. I, I I do like when a band does like a slow song on an album. Um, and I don't even remember what song is that. It's called that "Let is, It All Out." Yeah, "Let It All Out." Um, it's fine. It's fine. It wasn't your cup of tea, and that's it's really fine. Let's let's get some of the instrumentation stuff and and get into some lyric stuff. I know Mike's probably chomping at the bit to to talk about a few things, so let's just let's just go right in and say like what lyrics from this record uh, stood out in a positive way to you and why, Mike. Oh man. Okay. Um, and if there's any way to like not go on for three or four hours. Feel free I to hate you. I'm sorry to do this, but there was a couple things that I feel like I should talk about um, about the music. Go for it. Oh okay, please! So oh please do. You guys have uh, mentioned to me that Ryan K was uh, highly influenced by No Effects, and No Effects is one of my favorite bands. Um, which, you know, prior to I don't know a week ago. Uh, Sadie Hawkins dance was the only thing by Reliant K that I was familiar with. And so that's why I hated Reliant K. Um, But when you told me that I got a little bit interested and I picked that up big time on um, was the beating a dead horse one. The only thing worse than beating a dead horse is betting on one. That song (laughs) feels like it could fit into pump up the volume. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, but not heavy petting zoo because that would be beating off a dead horse, right? Which is exactly. Totally different. Can't be too sure how long this will last Cause we control the chaos 
consciousness same thing too like that song sounds very much like no effects the intro yes. starts with that fast very similar to what Melvin and Hefe might play um, and then it transitions into the verse and they do something that I think no effects does quite often is where they go into that fat from fast to like a slower beat and it's like, like swingy yeah yeah, Thank it is. Guys. It is a swingy, a very beat. swingy beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, drop the guitars, just bass and drums, swingy, um, and then the bridge in that sounds like Fat Mike wrote it himself. So I like those songs, and I will say that listening to this album, then you want to listen to No Effects more. So I'm probably going to do that this week. In that um, case, in that case, since you've specifically nailed uh, down a couple of songs that stood out to you, including lyrically, let's mm-hmm. hold off on Mike talking about Shyhood, and why don't you just dig into those couple of songs that stood out in a positive way lyrically for you, which i think one of the ones you said was the only thing worse than beating a dead horse is betting on it and maintain consciousness once you what what stood out to you there yeah so i know you said a little bit but keep going the only thing worse than beating a dead horse is betting on one there's a couple things that really stick out to me and that is it's a, a short fast um fairly simple um song there's just a verse a chorus and a bridge um Again, just like something that No Effects would do. I mean, a lot of their songs don't even have choruses. Um, but the first verse is, the only verse, is uh, just listen to the politician wishing his position wasn't missing everything his heart would like to say. And the constant in the Constitution is that there can't be one solution. It'd be so far from the truth and we would hate it anyway. Um, and I really like, number one, they're taking a slide at politicians. Um, and they're pointing out that politicians hold back something that they really want to say or do because they don't want to offend people. They want to be politically correct. They don't want to, I mean, a lot of times it's because they want to advance their agenda, their careers. Um, I mean, I'm kind of reading into that, but that's the reason that I see why they would do it. But then they drop into the chorus and uh, they, I think they cut it out and it's just an acoustic guitar in the chorus in that one. Um, And it's opinions are immunity to being told you're wrong. And I think that's, I mean, happens so often like, Oh, it's just my opinion. You can't tell me I'm wrong. It's my opinion. Everyone's entitled to an opinion. And that's ridiculous. Um, and they go into paper, rock, and scissors. They all have their pros and cons. You take a chance, you gamble, like, eh, it could work out, could not. 
So that was one that stood out to you uh, in the lyrics. Are there any others you would want to touch on and point out before we move on? Yeah. Um, and this one, like, I think one of you said I was going to hate High of 75. But I do appreciate the uh, lyrics. And I, I like that he kind of relates mental health issues to the changing of the weather and its unpredictability. Um he starts out with, we were talking together. I said, what's up with this weather? Don't know whether or not how sad I just got was on my own volition or if I'm just missing the sun. All right. So is this because of something that I want or is it, is it even something that's real or is it something that I just don't understand? I, if I could break in just a little bit. Absolutely. I, I, I almost texted you guys the other night. At like two thirty, three in the morning, because I woke up and I had like a little headache. And I woke up at like two o'clock in the morning, and I just had like a. a w- when you have like issues of depression, there's there's like chronic depression, and there's also acute acute depression, and I just, I, it was the craziest thing. Cause I experienced very much what he's, I think what he's talking about in this song. I, it was like, I, it wasn't like a slippery slope. It was like, I fell off a cliff mm. and I spent about two mm. and a half hours from like two to like four to five, some, something like that in the morning. Devastated. Like in this crazy space of like, I don't think I'm okay. I don't even know if I want to be okay. And it was like frightening. And I was like, I don't know what to do here. I, I like, I got up, I went for, I walked or I went for a little walk. Um, I, you know, popped a couple of ibuprofen and a, and a Sam E to try and like regulate myself a little bit. And it didn't like eventually like my wife and I like we talked a little bit, like I fell back asleep eventually, but it was like a very weird, horrible couple of, and it was very much like, did I, did I have a dream? Did I do something? Is something going on? What ha- I'm trying to think about what happened yesterday. And there's just no reason. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Sort of, it sort of reminds me of what you get into. I think it's, ver- I don't know if it's verse two or three, but the, uh, it's, he says, uh, the temperature is freezing. And then after dark, there's a cold front sweeping in over my heart yeah. and might break up if I don't wake up to the sun. Right. And, and he's talking to like a God, right? Like he, like he's talking, he, he's not talking to like his girlfriend who's there. He He's talking to like goodness. I might break up with like the idea it, that there's hope. Yeah. Except for the very, very last lines of the song. Aaron, did you happen to catch those ones? Did those catch your ear? Um, yes. The, uh. And now I'm sunny with a high of 75 since you took my heavy heart and made it light. And it's funny how you find you enjoy your life when you're happy to be alive. It's funny how you can enjoy your life when you're happy to be alive. Sort of reminds me a little bit of what you touched on uh, when we were talking about the um, Gang of Youths song. Um, Gosh, I used to want to be important. Now I just want to be alive. It kind of hits hits, uh, on that for me. All right. Well, uh. Thanks for putting that stuff out, Aaron. Uh, 
anything else before we toss it to Mike for some Shai Halud breakdown? I think um, we can go to Mike. All right, so I'll, I'll kind of blow through this a little bit. Um, I I did. I was very judgmental in my in my first listen, and and my and even as I approached the lyrics, uh, I say this cautiously. Um, but my first lyrical listen through with lyrics in front of me was really broken up. It was like a, a song here, half a song there. You know, I was I was like driving to this place, trying to take it in. Um, and then I just gave myself a couple of full-on, unadulterated listening with lyrics in front of me and um, a pen to write with. And almost every strong, almost every song had a strong uh, meaning and thematic like presence. Um, and so I'll, I'll go through a few of those. Um, I, when I looked up like a little bit more stuff about Shihalud and then I like I knew what misanthropy was. I actually knew it because of the metal world and a friend I have <laughs> who's into metal. Like for some reason I knew what that word meant. Um weirdly. Uh and so I kind of was like, oh, is this gonna just be some dark death? And I, I caught a couple of lyrics early on about like my black heart and blackness and darkness. Like I was like, okay, is this gonna be another one of those like skull with a sword through it and a snake wrapped around it with like black blood drops coming off kind of album cover thing? And really, Venom Spreader, the first song, quickly like kind of caught me when I finally looked at the lyrics. Rather than bracing the heart with balance and serenity, it racks the gut with spite damnable abomination a conscious contagion infecting mankind and right there we get kind of like the thesis for the record to me which is like we want balance and serenity that's actually the goal so it's like this harsh darkness kind of feel vibe i would call it the aesthetic and it's a kind of the metal metal core aesthetic is dark rough dramatic kind of thing but the goal here is a hope for balance and serenity. That rolls into um, the creation ruin. Um, I thought of Rumi, which came up on, on a couple of our episodes. Uh, Gaze long upon your wasteland. And it's that idea of like, after the darkness, there is light. I don't remember the exact quote. Jesse does, I'm sure. Um, but it's like this idea of like, what's going to be there in the morning? And so this idea of like, gaze long upon your wasteland. May the weight of the dead bring the burden of clarity. That's like a gnarly line to me. Um, May the weight of the dead bring the burden of clarity. And that kind of sets a scene. So like, we want balance and serenity, but there's a ruin here. And there's a little bit of a C.S. Lewis reference to his poem, As the Ruins Fall. To me, I dug in probably too deep. But like, what good can we possibly do? What good can man do? Um, and then that sets us up for the title track, which is Misanth- Misanthropy Pure. And oh, shit, there are some lyrics in that song. <laughs> like, oh, man. And I'm just gonna, I'm going to read one little chunk of a verse. It's like half a verse, I think. Understand contempt born of clear perception is a birthright. Contempt born of clear perception is a birthright. So if you feel pissed about something, 
and you have looked at it with clear eyes, okay. You have a right to be angry about this. You have a right to be pissed off about this. Understand contempt born of a clear perception is a birthright to those who channel it toward progression. So if you are pissed and you are willing to do something good with this, okay. of righteous indignation um one of our friends of the show aaron abubo he was in a punk band when i was in high school called the indignance i think i got that right um and i thought of them which like i remember playing on a concrete cover of a septic tank in a backyard punk rock show with them when i was in high school and it's like hilarious um i thought of that i thought of like resist stickers on stuff um i thought of friday night lights clear hearts you know what is it? Clear hearts, pure, clear eyes, pure hearts can't lose. Is that right? Um, uh, clear eyes, pure? full hearts. Clear eyes, full, full hearts, hearts yeah. can't lose. So like contempt born with a clear. If you see it and you're pissed, but you're gonna do something good, that's right. And I thought of John Lewis actually, because I think to me that is the a, a very metalcore dramatic version of Good Trouble. If you're interested in Good Trouble, okay, that's all right. Um, and then that, that, that song kind of closed with a, a bit of a conviction for me uh, through the years, which there's there's a line. It, it kind of carries on. My, my notes have this this quote, and then in parentheses I wrote, oh shit, after this. Because <laughs> it gets like really gnarly. Um, but it says, a glaring misconception of self-importance. I know the character well. And I feel like that's me big time the misconception of self-importance uh it goes on to say the misconception of self-importance heedless fool so arrogant with no understanding of consequence i see this negligence i don't accept it it goes on and then it ends with the world is not yours and i had like flashbacks to being a punk ass kid playing high school basketball throwing a chair onto the court being so arrogant that I couldn't function um, hit me a lot. Uh, next song, um, We Who Finished Last, didn't really like it. <laughs> uh, the next after that, though, Chorus of the Dissimilar. This was the first song that struck me. And I'll just like, I'll kind of talk about this and then blow through the rest of it a bit. But um, this, is, this was my anthem on the album. This was the song that grabbed me the most. Uh, Gather all we cynics and outcasts. Gather all we cynics and outcasts. And it's really a song to rally empaths is kind of what I took from it. Um, those who feel deeply. Uh, it says those who feel deeply, those who think long, and those that give rise to compassion. Um, it talks about iconoclasts, which I believe I have kind of become. Often that's thought of as a cynic. That's somebody who like kind of attacks a belief system or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, and it says here, 
malcontents are made. And I I have a sign in the front of my house. Um, it's actually a quote from uh, I have I have a framed version of it right here on my wall. I have some postcards that somebody sent me with this on that, and it's from a education theorist that I really respect. His name is Chris Emden. Um, talks a lot about kind of like anti-racism, equity, and education. He has a he has a book called For White Folks Who Teach in the Hood. Um, and what he and, and the, the phrase I really love is he says that I, that we and I believe I am as a neo-indigenous person, I'm maladjusted to the norm. Whatever the whatever society has built as the construct of what is like who we are, I did not get normed to that, and I find myself butting my head against it all the time. I don't match white evangelicalism. I don't match uh, uh, capitalism, American exceptionalism. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't fit it. It doesn't fit me. I don't fit in with it, and that causes dissonance all of my life. And so, um, I just think maladjusted to the norm. with I'm a cynic and an outcast um, and really like from there on I feel like he almost got to say whatever he wanted and I was willing to listen <laughs> throughout the rest of the record uh, there's just a couple well, little tiny pieces go ahead Aaron yeah I think you should talk about the very last line of that song because it, it like punctuates that entire song very well well he, he mentioned I I'm a cynic no, no, no. the last line yeah, is not, I'm a cynic, I, I'm and, a cynic and an outcast, a human affront to inhuman beings. Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I actually think that he that runs into the next song in a lot of ways. Like, I feel like yeah. I, that's one thing I like about this album, and maybe mm-hmm, kind of does this too. Songs flow together, and they it's an album in a lot of ways. It's a true album that has like a flow to it and a purpose to all of it as a one piece of art i think both of these records do that i appreciate that because in um in the mind and the marrow that it goes from like i have seen these things we feel these things and it flips to that affront word there in that last line it flips to like and you and he it goes on the attack to me like we call you to account for the deeds of savagery. You have to do something about this. You, whoever the you is, and I'm, I don't even really know, you will answer to the living world. Brother, you are in error, which is one of my favorite lines on the whole record. And he says it a bunch of times. Brother, you are in error. And that's like that chunky-ass bridge that comes in on that song, which I really, I was grooving on that. It was fat. And I Did believe, you say chunky ass? Chunky ass, like it's like a chungus bridge <laughs> on that song. And and I I wrote all these quotes on my on my notes. You, know, you will answer to the living world, brother. You are an heir. We call you to account for the deeds of savagery. And in the middle of it, I just wrote a box. This is like he's talking about a social contract here. He's talking about a responsibility we all have for each other. 
and like just putting it on blast that people don't do that. Other songs hit me. Um, the, the the last one that I want to mention. I know I'm going on a little bit, but the last one is just "Set Your Body Ablaze" is legit. That song was legit. I I'm being Mr. Poetry Major guy here a little bit, but you know the hook of the song is "Hollow words will burn, hollow men will burn, hollow words will burn, hollow men will burn" over and over again. Um, "Hollow Men" is a poem by T. S. Eliot. It's very famous. One of the lines from that is, this is how the world ends, not a bang, but a whimper. Pretty famous line. It's been used and kind of cliched out. Um, but in there, he names a couple of things. And, and I'll kind of like, I, I'll end with this. Um, he says, there's a horde eager to accept this deceit. And I couldn't help but think of the American struggle right now. There has been a horde of people willing and eager to accept being deceived. Um, the, the conspiracy theorists, uh, you know, the, the, the alt-right neo-Trumpers. Um, and, and then he goes on to say, a product of conceit so... Um, Absorbed and vain that he thinks himself divine. He is sure to die. And this is like profound to me. And man must truly be God for he has tried so hard to create me in his image. A formless shadow deprived of life. <clears throat> and I wrote, <clears throat> I wrote, whoa, right after that. And then that last line, which is like my dad and I used to, you know, my dad was a Kansas fan. I am the wayward son of man, which is definitely some like crazy ass Jesus reference or something here, like following it up. It's not, I am the wayward son. He's like, oh, you're having Jesus talk right here. Like you decided to have Jesus talk. What the hell? <clears throat> you have Jesus like, just like flip the middle finger to these people. I am the wayward son of man. And that is like the weirdest magical illusion I maybe have seen ever in a song that you put Kansas and Jesus together in a metalcore song. Fantastic. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Well, you know what? I, I, I actually was going to ask you guys if there was anything like lyrically that, that kind of turns you off, but I don't know. I kind of, I kind of don't want to know. There was so much good that came out from each one that I just, I don't know. Should I ask that question? Do you guys was there something that you you would is worth mentioning that that hit you the wrong way? I I just think like he has some he has such great lines, especially these like really profound bridges that like just sit on them. And and I think he could have like tied them back in later in the album. Like I did not like the last song. I didn't like Cold Lord Quietus. It was like probably my least favorite song. I wish the record ended with Be Winged or Winged, mm -hmm. however you want to say. I wish it ended with that. I think a reprise of that, like, you know, we all lie to ourselves when we feel hopelessness of a grim tomorrow. 
you lie to yourself God. to maintain your sanity. I would have loved it to just like just reprise that. Reprise just, that with high of seventy five from Reliant K. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Let's be quick with this one. So name one track that you would say is just your favorite off of uh this record that you just dug into deep. Aaron, name just one track that you would say was a favorite. Maintain consciousness. All right, Mike. Name one track that was a favorite from Misanthropy Pure. Uh, I would say Chorus of the Dissimilar. All right. Well, um, so just to kind of wrap this, you guys dug into these albums nice and deep. I really appreciate you guys took the time to dig into each other's recommendations so thoroughly. But um, I want to commend Aaron because compared to the last time he did this, <laughs> He came. He came with some stuff, man. He came locked and loaded. It was good. Yeah, and I, I listened to this one. I think seven times. Really? Nice. Wow, the last man. Time we did That's it, a lot. I listened to it three times. There you go. It was all right. It got easier by like the fifth time. That's good. That's good. So, like, some of the, like, cheesy-sounding stuff, you were able to just kind of not worry as much about it after so many times? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, so- exactly. I mean, kind of like how Mike had to warm up to Shai Halud to yeah. really open yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah it, t- it took me two full so- listens to, to warm up. So now, that, so now that you've warmed up to these new bands to each of you, would you add this album to your library and listen to it on any sort of regular basis no wow uh, that damn it Aaron Did I already have I already have it's added to the library and I've even added it to a playlist and right, well, I added two then? I think I added two other albums I think as well so once I don't know. Well, I, how about this how about this way then? Would would this experience open you up to exploring the band's discography more? I know Mike already answered that. Aaron, would this open you up to exploring the discography of Reliant K anymore? I don't wanna say no. I sort of feel like if the answer was gonna be yes, it would be not to add full records in, but just to find those one or two songs that do work for you. Maybe, and really it's more like now that I've given this one a chance and warmed up to it, like, I'd be more willing to give others a shot. This wasn't their last album, right? No, they've got, oh, no, not I think, at all. they've they got probably four or five after this one. Probably evolved in a way that you would dislike, though. Well, then I'm going to listen to it and prove you wrong. Yeah, their newest album you- has no punk elements whatsoever, I would say. Could you and and I'm one of their forward to listening to it. and their album from 2013 called Collapsible Lung is just intentionally pop, <laughs> just like this is not pop punk. This is pop pop. <laughs> Anyways, don't don't worry about it though. Okay, so um, I think uh, I think we gotta at least hash out another showdown. I I like doing these like a lot. I actually had to hold my tongue on some of my thoughts like many times because 
Aaron, you recommending this album to Mike put it on my radar in a way that I had never had before. Um, but since it was you guys digging in deep and, and, and talking about it, I just was sitting here asking the questions. So, But I, I'm not going to get into my thoughts about it. I, I about also think, much. Jesse, you did a very good job as a referee, especially <laughs> given your utter bias since I challenged Aaron with your favorite record of all time. I know. Uh, I think like you Literally barely chimed point. in, and that was great. That being said... I so far you and Aaron had one and Aaron and I had one. So I think yeah, that it's our if, if we want to keep this like balanced in some way, much like Shai Halud strives for the balance and serenity in the record Misanthropy Pure, Woo. I think it's time for Jesse and I to go head to head, which is crazy because neither Jesse or I like Jesse and I's music ness is together like I don't know. Jesse and I have done more music things and life together than all the other people in our lives combined, probably at this point. <laughs> so this is going to be fascinating to take on. And I have an idea of what I would challenge right. you with. Jesse, okay. do you have an idea? I, I do. But since I know that Mike and I have so much overlap in in both just what we enjoy and what we look for in music in a lot of ways... Um, I think I think that we're probably going to get into something that we like know the other person is capable of listening to or has heard before, but maybe you just want the other person to dig into deeper. Uh, yeah, kind of. All right. Well, I I don't know if I, I I I wrote down one thing that I wanted you to dig into. What? But I can't decide if I should just say it or I want to hear yeah, what you, you have go first. first. Like, I, I'm I'm committed ah, to what I have, so you go it. first. You go first. I am too. Okay, this is something I know you have heard before, and I I know it's not like oppositional to something you would listen to, but it's something I just want to hear your thoughts on in a deeper way. And it's an album by the band Beloved. There, and this album is one of my favorites of all time. And it's a full-length record they put out. They only ever put out one full-length record, and it was called Failure On. Um, and so it's just one of my favorites of all time. And I just... I know you've heard stuff off of it. I've sent stuff your way. Like, dude, check out this one song. Check this out. But I want you to I want you to go with the whole record. Okay. And what's for me? You're not going to like this. Oh, I can handle that. I can, I can handle it. I want you to... I want you to get into. I want you to get into. So I, I I spoke at this random conference yesterday, which I didn't realize I was really speaking at this like conference conference thing, and I said some stuff, and and somebody like was digging it, and she made a little post-it that said like start with joy, and it like was kind of connected to something that I had said during my little session, and she tweeted it, and I replied to the tweet and I said yes, and then mine for it sift for it relentlessly pursue it joy mm -hmm. so i want you to mine and sift and relentlessly pursue this thing okay eternal echo by shades apart okay which you have already told me you're like ah and like and they're friends of ours like so you know i just i think and who knows, like, when we will do this? I have a feeling we might do this after they're on the show or something. Like, are we, after we've, like, spent time with them. So who knows? But, like, that's what I want you to take in. Okay. You know what? Uh, that is not going to be too tough for me. Um, 
I I was thinking you were gonna put me on to some hip hop or something that would oh. be a little bit. I thought you would, and you probably still will someday. Uh, but you didn't this time, so I, I some, sort of feel that, like I left. You know out. what? I'm making a note, and when <laughs> I make, and when I make a note, watch your asses. <laughs> My note says Jesse Hart Hip Hop. <laughs> Wait, hip hop or rap? It says Jesse Hart Hip Hop. There it is. All right. Well, well, that's it for this showdown. Uh, thanks to you guys for digging so deep into these records, and uh, thanks to you listeners out there that that put up with us uh, getting into just more than surface level stuff. Yeah, man. And like, thank you for listening. It, it, it's it's cool to get back into a new season. Um, we hope you're enjoying kind of a couple of the new things that we're doing. And uh, and please like check out some old episodes if you're new to the show. Go back and, and listen to some of the some of the crap we've talked about. Um, and also check out some of the other shows uh, that are part of the network. Uh, we're really glad to be a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Some really cool um, other great conversationalists, some historians and music and things that, that you might totally dig. There's also some really cool shows that have taken apart um, some records and bands and songs and albums by, by some people in the genre that we, we spend most of our time with. Um, we love having these conversations. We look forward to engaging with any of you. Hit us up on 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 all the the social medias um we'd love to we'd love to connect with you and uh and just to bring this full circle much like the phases of the moon by the time this comes out we'll probably have a waxing crescent moon (laughs) so make sure you get out there and uh check out that moon y'all all right be excellent to each other see you guys later the city hawkins dance in my khaki pants there's nothing better 